Hello and welcome to the Childcare Business Coach Podcast. My name is Evelyn Knight. So I want to talk today about something I have been dealing with a lot in my life lately that really is difficult for a lot of leaders and a lot of people I coach and work with and something that it has taken me years to really just get a grasp on. And it's still a struggle. I'm going to be honest and transparent with you, but it's an important topic to talk about, and that's judgment. As leaders, we are so often judged. People are watching us all the time. Whether you're an owner or a director, people are watching you. Your staff is watching you. The parents are watching you. And it's hard because people almost want us to mess up. There are a lot of people out there who have wonderful hearts. They're great people. But then there are people who feel like they should be in the place that you are in. They feel they deserve it and you don't. And or they just judge everything you do. That animosity really puts us in a position where we are constantly being judged. And that is really hard. It is really hard to accept it and to get to a place where it doesn't matter. It took me a very long time. And in the beginning of my career, it really consumed me. I obsessed, obsessed over what people thought of me. And I got very good at wearing masks to hide things. And I got good at training my children and different things to just put on this persona. Now, I don't really care so much. And a lot of it is what I went through with my husband and also with getting sick myself. I, again, if you're new to me, I have a neurological disease myself that I live with. Going through the process of the diagnosis and all of that was very difficult. And people judged me all the time, very unfairly. But then uh, when my husband got very sick, it got really bad. And this is when I really learned that I have to stop caring. My husband didn't want people to know that he was sick at first. So a lot of it and what I was going through, I had to kind of keep it under wraps. I mean, it, it was years before I told people what was really going on. And even when I did, it was a very skimmed down version of what was really happening in our life. They knew he was sick. They knew he had end stage kidney disease, but most people didn't know how bad it got. Only the people closest to me. And even then my own sisters that I'm very, very close to didn't realize how awful things had gotten until about two weeks before my husband died. They came to my house to help me. And one of my sisters pulled me aside and just said, Evelyn, is this really how you've been living? And I basically said to her, yes, in the last six months, it is. She was shocked and just basically asked me how I survived. And then I basically told her that even before that, the before that, about three years before, things were so hard and so chaotic. My husband had had a total of three strokes and he changed. If uh, you've ever had a patient dealing with strokes and and the literal toxicity that kidney disease causes, their brain changes. They're not the same person anymore. So I literally went over the last five years from becoming my husband's wife to like his mom or a big, I like to think of myself as a big sister 
Um, it was, it's hard to think of yourself as your husband of 29 years mom. So it's like I had to be his big sister who stepped in to just care for him because cognitively he wasn't the same anymore. But people didn't understand that. And instead, they made up stories about what was going on, why I was checking out, why I was always so busy, why I couldn't go do social events anymore, or I would have to cancel a lot of different things. There was a lot of stories that started to take place. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned over this course of losing my husband, even after his death, is that all of us people, we have bits and pieces of information, right? And we see snippets of a person's life. When we see those snippets, we assume that we know the whole story. And basically, there's a lot of holes, right? We see these little snippets. But if you look at it as a painting, okay, there's a lot of holes in that painting. There's a lot of canvas that hasn't been fully painted. So what we do is we fill in those holes and we create a big picture, right? And we tell ourselves that the picture we created of these people's life is real. We convince ourselves that this is real. It's just like a storybook, right? We It's almost like if you were to read, if there was a book that was 10 chapters long and you read every third chapter or something like that, and then you go in and say, I'm an expert on this book. I know this book. I know the story. And here it is, right? There's so many holes in that. But what happens is people fill those gaps with their own narratives, they get these narratives from their own personal experiences, their own perception, right? Everything you form in life, your opinion on anything is based on your experience as a human. If you haven't experienced something else, your brain isn't really capable of thinking outside the box and coming up with scenarios. So you are going to base your opinion on things that have happened to you or things that you've experienced. So we do this all the time. Your parents are doing it to you at, at your childcare centers. They are judging you. Your staff is judging you. Everybody is judging you based on the limited information that they have. They fill the gaps and come up with stories. And unfortunately, it's human nature not to be kind. And that is the hardest thing to deal with. One of the things I've found that happens as well is people start talking. They start to gossip and it becomes their truth. The stories they make up becomes truth to them. And they literally think in ways of, well, what other explanation could there be? How else would you explain this? It has to be this way, right? And so they basically decide that this is truth and they go around and start telling other people this. And it could be your parents, it could be staff, it could be a lot of things. I've been accused of some crazy things. When I uh, first got narcolepsy, uh, I have narcolepsy with cataplexy. And when I first got it, because I fall asleep everywhere, and my sleeping requirements are huge, I was accused of being an alcoholic. Ironically, I uh, am somebody, um, I was raised by an alcoholic, my father was an alcohol. So I am so 
terrified of alcohol that I've never been drunk in my life. I will drink, but I've never gotten to the point where I've like just gone to a party and really got drunk or anything like that. Because of my personal background, I chose not to ever test the waters to make sure that I didn't inherit that gene to be an alcoholic, right? So it's kind of funny to me. And if you really knew me, you would know that I am the last person to accuse of being an alcoholic. But I have been because people thought to themselves, well, she falls asleep. She's showing up late. She's canceling appointments. What other explanation is there? She must be drinking she's turning into an alcoholic, right? And instead of coming to me and speaking to me about it, they would go and gossip about it. And at the time, it was so hurtful because it was it was just so completely opposite of my character. And if you just knew my own personal history, now that I think about it, it's actually funny. This was about 10 years ago that that happened to me. But now in retrospect, it's funny that somebody would think that of me. But back then it wasn't. It was so hurtful. It was so hurtful. When my husband got very sick, I had to take a lot of time off. He didn't want people to know what was going on. So I just kind of disappeared. I didn't tell anybody where I was going. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. So at that time, I... um, got accused of having an affair. It was just shocking to me at the time. Uh, This one happened to me about three years ago. But I think something I don't know, at this point, my timelines kind of get mashed in my head. But I got accused of that. And I just thought to myself, are you kidding? I am literally taking my own husband to doctor's appointment. I'm sitting with him through dialysis. I'm going, uh, we had to train on how to do at-home dialysis, which was a two-week-long two process. I am literally sacrificing all my time for my husband. And now rumors are going to go around that I must be seeing somebody else. What other explanation could there be, right? Luckily, during that one, someone who cares about me a lot did actually pull me aside and sit and talk to me. And they said, Hey, this is what everybody what's going on, we need to know. This is what the talk is. This is what the gossip is. And so I was able to squash that one and take care of it. But again, that's really hurtful. If again, knowing me and my character, I am such a devout Christian woman, that questioning my character like that, it was devastating to me. It's really hurtful. But these things happen all the time. And even though I still feel the pain of it, of course, but I don't feel it like I used to. And I don't care anymore. I'll have a moment of like, wow, I can't believe they thought that of me. But then I remind myself that that's really their character showing through, right? That's really a mirror of who that person is showing through. And I literally will sit in those feelings for maybe five to 10 minutes, that feeling of, wow, those people really hurt me for maybe about five to 10 minutes at this point, because I realize it's not about me. It's about them. These things that they're saying is really telling me who they are. It's showing me a glimpse at their heart, not mine. And so I now feel more pity for them. And it's easier for me to brush it off and just not to care. Because at the end of the day, for me, 
the only people that really matter are my children. And for me, the only I know, I only answer to God. And he knows my heart and he knows the truth. And that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So there are going to be things on your entrepreneurial journey that are so hard. You will be talked about. You will be dragged through the mud. But that's okay. It's not you. And just shake it off. Everything passes. The gossip, the rumors, it all passes. Think about where you were five years ago. Does any of that really matter today? Think of where you were one year ago. Does it really matter today? In a previous podcast episode, I talk about when my child care center was dragged through the mud on social media, right? And that was one of the things I would tell my director um, at that it all passes so quickly. You know, a year from now, none of this will even matter. It's meaningless. Does it still anger me sometimes? Yeah, but honestly, it makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh. Like this person thought they could, what? What were they trying to accomplish? What were they trying to get out of it, right? So in the moment, I know it feels horrible. I know these things feel horrible. But just remind yourself, it doesn't last. It passes. This is a reflection of these people who are talking. It's not really you. And the people out there who have real integrity and who really are upstanding people, they don't listen. They don't play into this stuff. I was approached last week with some pretty damaging gossip about a friend of mine. And I immediately said, whoa, wait a second. You don't know this. You are coming up with assumptions based on holes in a story. And I basically pointed out to our other friend, right? And I just was like, this is not okay. And I, I called her on it. And I would absolutely suggest you do the same. When people approach you about gossip, do not listen. Do not be polite. Because that just fuels them. I gently just said, you know, this isn't okay. You could really damage this person's character. And you don't know what you're saying is true. And of course, I said, I heard back though, oh, yeah, but let me tell you about this. And I just said to her, have you gone and talked to our friend about this? Have you asked her what is really happening? And I basically explained this entire episode that I'm talking about to her. I was like, you know, we come up with our stories based on our own personal experiences. Just because this is your experience doesn't mean it is her experience. And you may not even be able to fathom the reasoning because it is so far from your personal truth. And I explained to her what happened to me with my husband. And I said to her, you know, nobody who has not been through caring for a loved one would have jumped to the conclusion, oh my gosh, what if her husband is in the hospital, right? So instead I was judged. And I told her that. I said, you know, instead of coming up with these judgments and coming up with these stories, why don't you go ask her if she's okay? Why don't you ask her if she needs help? If something is wrong? If somebody had just taken the time to ask me, I probably would have broken down and cried when my husband was dying. I was alone for years in this. 
my children, my uh, youngest son and I, my oldest was actually away in college and he knew what was happening, but it wasn't a part of his everyday life. We were alone. And if someone had just come to me and said, hey, are you okay? You're not acting like your normal self. There's just some really weird things you're doing. I probably would have told them the truth because I was so broken at the time. And I probably would have just sobbed. But instead, people came up with stories and they judged. So keep that in mind. Don't engage and don't do that to other people. Really watch yourself. I can guarantee you there is something about every single one of us that makes us deserving of judgment. None of us are perfect. Somebody can judge every one of us over something. So if you don't want to be judged, and if you want to be given grace, don't judge others. It is something I've learned the hard way that is just not worth it. The damage that it does is so hurtful. And start calling people out on it. If you have matured and transformed to the level that you understand what I'm saying already, call others out on it help them to learn. And there are very gentle ways. It's not going to damage relationships. And if it does, do you really need that kind of person in your life? Do you really need somebody who isn't going to want to hear this as constructive criticism? So I really do hope this has some kind of impact and really helps you to just not take it personally. And also, if you are someone who engages in this to stop because this is really helping you to transform to that next best level version of you. I am over the next couple of weeks, I think I'm going to go over some of the other lessons I've learned through losing my husband as a business person, and how it's really helped me to level up. So make sure you tune into my other episodes. And also as a reminder, we do have our tickets on sale for our child care business summit. My last episode, I talked to you about why this is so important to me to get together in person with you guys to help you to level up to that next best version of you. If you are going to be that better business owner, if you want to be more respected, right? Uh, In our industry, I hear people all the time saying, well, we're not treated as professionals. And I also always want to shoot back and I do and say, well, do you act like one? Because I'm treated as a professional, I'm very well respected. And I'm treated as a professional. So are you earning that title? My childcare business summit is formatted to help you get there. But it all starts with you. It starts from within and everything just trickles down. In some of my other videos that I do live, I talk about all the time how leadership starts within, right? So the problems you're having with your center, they start from you. So if you are ready to level up, find me on social media, but get your ticket to the Child Care Business Summit before it sells out. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you next week.